This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique, limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, women's basketball fans, and happy Tuesday evening. (laughs) There's a lot of news to get into. We have so much to talk about. I am feeling rejuvenated because, in a lot of ways, my immediate women's hockey coverage have come to an end that is a story for another podcast, but I I came back to basketball in a pretty exciting week. It was pretty, pretty, pretty exciting. So let's get into one of the topics for today. But yeah, so I guess this is me saying, dear basketball, I love you. It's been real and let's keep the momentum going. I'm not going to go any further into it. That voice was the voice of Renee Montgomery on episode 11 of Remotely Renee, which I have profiled here, uh, part of Essential Resources. Renee Montgomery announced today her official retirement from the game of basketball. And after the Remotely Renee episode came out, we also got what I thought was a lovely statement from the... Atlanta Dream. Uh, I'm going to read the whole thing for you. 11-year veteran guard Renee Montgomery announced her retirement from the WNBA today. Quote, I bought a home in Georgia nine years ago and I retired as a member of the Atlanta Dream, Montgomery said. I've always known I wanted to be here and now I feel intertwined in the Atlanta fabric and culture. Blessed to call this home true to Atlanta. Uh, The press release goes on to say Montgomery, who sat out the 2020 WNBA season to focus her attention on the social justice movement, played with the Atlanta Dream during the 2018 and 2019 seasons. She helped lead the 2018 team to a franchise record 23 regular season wins and one game away from reaching the WNBA finals. Quote, Renee will always have a special place in my heart because she was the very first player to say yes to me as a head coach, dream head coach Nikki Collins said. Her energy, enthusiasm, and leadership helped transform the dream along with her three-point shot. She prepared the right way and never cheated the game. It is that same work ethic and enthusiasm that will make her a success in everything she does. She bet on herself in the middle of a pandemic and has thrived. I wish her nothing but success in retirement. It goes on to say, drafted out of UConn with the fourth overall pick in the 2009 WNBA draft by the Minnesota Lynx, Montgomery would go on to play 364 games for the Lynx, Connecticut, Sun, Seattle Storm, 
and the Atlanta Dream. She scored 3,534 points and dished out 1,140 assists over her 11-year career. Montgomery's 532 career three-pointers made ranks 12th all-time in WNBA history. I have known Renee for many years and with two different franchises, Dream President and General Manager Chris Senko said. She has excelled as an athlete, but has really hit her stride as an advocate for those in need and for our underserved communities. She has become a powerful voice of change and her opportunities outside of basketball are limitless. We wish her the best. Montgomery, a West Virginia native, won two WNBA championships as a member of the Minnesota Lynx in 2015 and 2017. That's, that's fantastic. That shows love and appreciation. I mentioned a while ago now that I got the sense that Nikki Cullen knew this was coming. I talked about that. Um, I talked about that a little bit um, maybe at the end of last year, early this year. So I don't think this was necessarily surprising. It's always tough to... Uh, to go through a retirement announcement, and I highly recommend that you listen to Dear Basketball. I personally appreciated the astrology lesson, and I actually pulled up my birth chart again because I'm very into that. I have my sage burning right now as I'm recording. I have enjoyed Remotely Renee. I have some catching up to do. I don't always tap in, but again, now the women's hockey season, for me at least, is is primarily done. Still some PWHPA stuff, uh, but anyway, I am looking forward to catching up with Remotely Renee. I have learned a lot. Um, I love her production value. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, there's a there's a really cool graphic at the end of the episode to close it out. So I'll have the link. I highly recommend that you watch it on YouTube. You can listen on Spotify. I've told you about Remotely Renee before, so you should not be surprised that I'm offering Remotely Renee as a resource. Um, so congratulations, Renee Montgomery. We look forward to what comes next and hey, she's a colleague in the podcasting and video podcasting space. We always need more black women women putting on. Her sister on the show kind of has some other ways that she thinks Renee might get involved in basketball. But you're going to have to listen and or watch the show to find out. Uh, also learn some things about Wayne Gretzky, okay? Like, I'm telling you, y'all are sleeping on remotely. Renee, if you are not listening or watching, you need to do that. I mentioned, though, that there was other women's basketball news, and we're going to go over that coming up next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but... NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets 
and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And that promo code, don't forget, is locked on. All right, so if you listen to Monday's show, you know there was kind of a big matchup. UConn, South Carolina, those two teams happen to be number one and number two going into the game. Not when scheduled, but going into the game. Oh, man. And it was um, it was quite the nail-biter. But UConn prevails. Um, it was not a great game offensively for either team. There was some sloppy play for sure, for sure. And uh, it almost was like the basket had a lid on it, you know? And Don Staley alluded to why that may have been. And I wonder if you're buying it. Here's what Don Staley had to say post-game regarding uh, her matchup, her team's matchup in Connecticut versus the University of Connecticut. And and I, I will say this, and it's, it's no excuses, but playing with the Nike ball is a lot different than playing with the Wilson ball. And our, you know, our our you know, our guards never made the adjustment of playing with it. You gotta dribble less or you gotta you gotta pound it in in the floor a lot more for it to come back. You know, I thought uh you know I thought we tried to take less dribbles and make passes into our post players, um, Aaliyah in particular. Um, but they made it hard. They crowded her space. We were just off. You know, we were off offensively. There was no fluidity. Um, there was a uh, – we were off. We were off. You know, I think we just let the, the moment get ahead of us, and we just did some things that was uncharacteristic, um, that you just really don't have enough timeouts to, you know – to make adjustments. I mean, it's an interesting comment regarding a Wilson basketball versus a Nike basketball. I will say this. From my hoop days, there were certain basketballs in practice that stayed in the bag, right? Or stayed on the rack. Ain't nobody playing with those. Like, nobody, 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 nobody. So it's an interesting point. Like, there is something to switching from one type of basketball to another. Um, I honestly did not know that <laughs> different teams, I guess, or different conferences played with different bat. Like, I never even thought about that. Like, I'm thinking there should probably be a standard because there is something to it. But, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, you know, Dawn kind of set herself up there. Not like I'm trying to make excuses. Of course, the first thing that everyone is going to hear is her making excuses. Do I think she was necessarily making excuses? No. Do I think she was maybe trying to get somebody's attention? Yeah. But, I mean, we got to look at this. We got to look at this box score. Uh, 63-59. The game went into overtime. And South Carolina had two 
maybe three offensive rebounds in the waning seconds of regulation and could not score a basket to win the game. And two things that I want to say about this, one we'll talk about in this segment and one we'll talk about in the next segment. Two things that I noticed from the post-game press conference, everybody, and I mean everybody, talked about the way the game was officiated. Let's see what we have here. As far as fouls, personal fouls, team fouls, uh, I should say, excuse me, team fouls, South Carolina, 15. UConn, 19 fouls. Free throws, South Carolina, 8 for 15. UConn, 3 of 8 from the line. So, I mean, free throw percentage, 53% for South Carolina. Free throw percentage for UConn, 37.5% for the game, including overtime. This was some painful basketball at times. Rebounds, rebounds, man. I feel like the box score, like South Carolina started catching up, but first of all, can we? That clap is for Monica McNutt, who absolutely crushed the call along with Lisa Byington. Um... So I just want to shout out sis real quick. Um, but Monica talked a lot about defensive rebounds just being tough to come by for South Carolina. Um, tough to come by. You look at second chance points. Um, eventually, South Carolina catches up. They end up with 17 to UConn's 10. Points in the paint. South Carolina 40 to UConn's 36. Turnovers. UConn with 19. South Carolina with 11. Here's a difference, though. Bench points. 7 for South Carolina, 12 for UConn. It's a four-point game. You get five more points from the bench. And then some, maybe it's a different story for South Carolina. But um, the game didn't seem evenly matched at particular points, but in its entirety, obviously very well matched. Not a pretty game for either team. But again, officiating, officiating. The game was really weirdly officiated in a sense because you're not quite sure. Uh, I thought we probably got away with some. They got away with some. Um, and, uh, and you have to be, you have to be able to withstand that and, and, and be, and be smart about it. And, um, and sometimes you just, you just can't help it, you know, but, but when you're stuck with three, four fouls, it changes how you're going to approach your defense. It changes how aggressive you're going to be. And, um, that's why it's so important. You don't. Aubrey got called for a foul today because the official said her stance on her screen was too wide. Think about that. 
Her stance or her screen was too wide. That's a foul. It's almost like calling pass interference when the guy's pass lands in the front row in the end zone. This doesn't make any sense. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Burkowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Um, There were a lot of fouls tonight. Um, I know that can be frustrating. What did you think about it? And, and how did you work through or how do you have to work through moving forward? Well, honestly, I wouldn't agree with half of the calls that were called today. Um, but nobody asked me. So um, I don't know, we were expecting the game to be physical. And as much as they were calling on our, on our side, they were calling on their side too. So I wouldn't say it was one sided. Um, but we definitely have to work on keeping our hands off the man when we're guarding him and um, work on the moving ball screens and just the details. But overall, I feel like uh, our defense won the game today. And Paige. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's the little laugh. It's the giggle from Nika for me. Uh, So our defense won the game tonight. And Paige, and then insert laughter. Um, Listen, I am stingy with praise, especially to someone that that everyone is given shine to. I don't know. I just don't, I don't trust that. I don't trust it. That's, those are my auntie ways and you have to deal with it. Um, A lot of times I'm not wrong though. Anyway, I think you got to earn your stripes a little bit. But I said there were two things in this game that stood out. One was the officiating and how that was called. The other was Paige. And I'm going to talk about that coming up next. Once again, I am here to talk to you about Rock. Auto.com, one of my favorite family-owned businesses that supports us here at Locked On Women's Basketball. So with an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. That's why the family business rockauto.com has a unique and remarkably easy catalog to navigate online. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and of course the prices that you prefer. The rockauto.com prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts in a traditional store? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. Type locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Paige Beckers, Beckards, Buckets. Um, first real game 
I was able to watch of, of, of pages. Uh, watched here and there, but again, hockey has kept me away from the hardwood. Um, I remember watching the first half and being like, eh, okay. Um, there was some defensive plays that I was like, nah, <laughs> looking like a freshman out there. Um, and then she started heating up. Then you start seeing these wild layups. There was a layup that Paige Beckers made, and I just, I, I still don't understand. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I do not comprehend what my eyes believe they saw. Um, defense got better. Defense got better in the game. There are entire professional teams that can't figure out how to make defensive adjustments. And uh, Paige figured that out. Uh, I shouted out Monica McNutt. There was this point in the game, and I tweeted about this, but there was this point in the game where Paige gets a, a, a foul called on her, and you see her talking to the official. Just, you know... Chopping it up like you would see Sue Bird or, or Diana Taurasi. Uh, all right, maybe not Taurasi, but like you might see Sue Bird. And I remember thinking, right before Monica said something to this effect, I remember thinking, yo, is that a freshman talking to the officials? Like, in what world does that happen? And then sure enough, Monica McNutt asks Lisa, like, yo, Lisa, when you were a freshman, were you chopping it up with the officials? And, you know, someone quote tweeted my tweet, uh, which was quoting Monica, and they were like, yo, that this is what we're saying. Paige is on a whole nother level. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be 100% honest. When I tweeted out that Monica McNutt quote, I wasn't alluding to Paige being on a different level. I was alluding to the audacity of a freshman talking to an official like that. Like, who, where they do that at? Where they do that at? Who do, who does that? I have never seen that in my life. For me, I was like, yo, sis, I'm going to need you to step back. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of showing my auntie age here, but there ain't no way. I didn't play basketball in college. I played in high school, and I played softball in college. There is not a single fiber of my being that believes that a freshman coming up in my time would talk to an official, a referee, an umpire like that. I don't know. I don't want to say it was disrespectful, but let me just put it this way. It was hella comfortable. It was hella comfortable. I, I don't know. kind of blew my mind. kind of blew my mind. I wasn't necessarily saying it as a knock but I wasn't giving her a compliment like I, I just I was like this don't need to be happening I'm gonna need for that official to act like they're an adult and tell the freshman that she needs to go get her captain or her coach to come and talk it out like I, I just I don't know I don't know y'all let me know am I tripping but I just I was like that's weird like that's weird and goes into a whole nother host of conversations around women's basketball and if I'm being honest white young women and black women 
I'm just going to be honest. So that tripped me out. But putting that to the side, there was another moment that tripped me out. And um, it was right before overtime. Again, South Carolina had possession. They had time. They had multiple offensive rebounds and couldn't get a bucket. Couldn't get a bucket. When the horn sounds to add the, for the end of regulation, you see Paige kind of like take a deep breath and be like, ooh, like dang, like we got one. We got one. And that stood out to me. And the reason... I feel like I'm honing in on that moment in the game is because of what happened next. February is Black History Month, and Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black women and men in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents, More Than the Game. This week, I actually got to join Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels, and we discussed the opportunities and challenges that come with being black women in sports. To listen to the conversation I had with Candace Cooper, subscribe to Locked on Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Paige Becker's Buckets Whatever. Um, scored 31 points. 31 points in this game. That's some kind of UConn freshman record. I don't know. Baka baka ba, yada yada yada. I know. I'm a journalist, right? But on a podcast, I can kiki and bullshit. So, um, whatever. Here's what stood out to me. Nine of her 31 points came in overtime. You want to know how many points UConn as a team scored in overtime? Nine. 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 Like, what? What? Um, nine points in overtime. I... I I'm trying to, like, explain that, like, Sis took the game over as a freshman. Sis was comfortable kikiing and whatnot with the officials. You know, they got their mask on, they, the freaking uh, whistle under the mask or whatever, like, just chilling. Like, I'm telling you, like, a 20-year WNBA veteran chilling. And then scores all of her team's points in OT, and then... With 10 seconds left, heaves a game-sealing three-point shot to win over the University of South Carolina and Dawn Staley. Um, like I said, I don't really get into the hype because I do think that some people hype Paige in a way that they don't hype other people. On Thursday, maybe I'll get into why all of that is. You know, I usually do my social justice on Thursday. There's a lot of history around that in the sport, in the women's sport, but also in society. But I'm going to pay more attention to Paige because she's going to get the scrutiny. 
gonna get the scrutiny. There's nothing she can do about that. She's young and she's white in women's basketball. Some people are gonna go hard on that. Do I think they necessarily need to? Yes and no, but not necessarily because of Paige personally. I think it's because of all the people that, you know, are basically infatuated with Paige uh, as soon as she opened her eyes. Um, (laughs) So um, it's difficult, though, to operate in both realities uh, as a black woman, (laughs) I should say, because there's some of my colleagues that have no problem with this and probably maybe even resent or can't even place themselves in what they do. Um, So... But I'm going to pay more attention to Paige. When she sighed, she gave that sigh of relief. And then you hear Monica and Lisa talking about it. She's been given a green light to take over the game. If anything, she needs to be more selfish instead of selfless in order to get wins for UConn. And that's what Homie did. So... However you feel about all that other stuff, I'm here to tell you. Auntie here to tell you, man. Ooh. She's something else. She's she she's something different. Um uh, I haven't figured it all out yet. I don't know what that means for her career. I don't know what that means for pro. A lot of a lot of stuff can happen. But um I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention, Paige. I'm paying attention. That is my show for today. As always, thank you for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. I hope you listen to Locked on Presents, my homegirl, and Soror. Candace Cooper and I had a real conversation about being black women in sports media. So check out Locked on Presents. You can listen to that on radio on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels with me of obviously Locked on Women's Basketball. It was a pretty dope conversation. Part of the Locked on Presents More Than the Game series. So happy Black History Month. Black and proud. Young, gifted, and black. All that jazz. I will talk to you later in the week. Peace. This episode was brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique, limited-edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. 